Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Thank you for joining us again this week, and uh, I know that you've been blessed by the last several weeks uh, where I've had Pastor David Hughes on with me on the program. Uh, I have him on again with me, as you can see today, and he's been such a blessing to me over the years, and uh, I know he's been a blessing to you. But if you have not tuned in, uh, I have on the set with me today Pastor David Hughes. He pastors Benson First Assembly in Benson, North Carolina. And if you're within driving distance of his church, you owe to yourself to go by and hear him preach and minister. Uh, he also, uh, there will be information on the screen with his website, but he also uh, is the author of a book called His Life Now. And as you can tell through the last several weeks, <laughs> that's what his emphasis is on, is on his life. Very focused, very Christ-central message. It's called His Life Now, 50 Days of Grace. Uh, it is a devotional and it is available through Amazon or Barnes and Noble as an ebook right now is free. You can also then order a hard copy of his book uh, through those uh, outlets. Uh, also, there is probably a whole host of stuff uh, connected to his website, and that uh, website will be on the screen. Uh, he has a, a Roku channel called Benson First Assembly on Roku. It is the audio portion of just messages that are there and consistently preaches one of the solid messages that I believe will bless your heart. It's more than a message. It's a person that he keeps on revealing. Um, it's great to have you on again well, with us you. this weekend. Uh, great honor to have you, and uh, you'd be blessed to have him in your fellowship. He's a great, great blessing. He's preached several times in our conference, and uh, uh, like I said, I've uh, just enjoyed his friendship. When we're not on camera, yeah. this guy's a hoot. Now, both him and I are both clowns, so when you get us off camera, we, of course, we've carried on a little bit on camera, but uh, uh, man, I just, you're going to laugh yourself to death when you have this guy around because we just enjoy the journey. Yeah. And that's part of that. I'm so thankful. The gospel gives you back your life. Yes. It, it does. really does. It really is an yeah. abundant life and uh, uh, it's just a relationship with the Father. But in this last program, I just think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to ask Pastor Hughes. Uh, I'm going to say to him, if you could talk to this many people, which are, I think they tell us our audience just on one uh, uh, network. We're on several networks, but just on one network has a potential of reaching 75 million U.S. homes. I think with all the networks we're on and with the internet outlets, we, they say we have a potential audience of 2.1 billion. So when you get behind this ministry, you're helping us touch an awful lot of Amen. people. But Amen. I said to Pastor Hughes, if you could say anything to this large of a group, what would you say? And so in this last segment, that's going to be a big chunk to that's put out big, there. But uh, just go ahead and share your heart a little bit. Pastor well, that's a, good to have you on again. Well, Lynn, it's, it's a delight to be here, and I just thank you for the opportunity. More than anything I have to say, too, I just value your friendship over the years, and it's just you are a blessing to us, to my family. And uh, what do you say to, to that many people? Some people would freeze up. I told you off camera, I said, this will be the shortest. Jesus passionately loves you. There you go. Now, the Holy Spirit build on that. Yeah. Explain that. Unfold that. Begin to see that. Because there is this reality for us. We've, we've been sharing for several shows about just the centrality and of Jesus, of His life, how it's expressed out through us. 
what it looks like, even dealing with issues of uh, you know, what, what about our performance, what about giving. I think these are conversations yeah. we need to have They're in the context of yeah. grace. Exactly. And I think they've been, uh, we've kind of kicked them to the corner. We don't want to deal with them. We don't want to talk about them. What about, what, can we even say, are we allowed to say sin anymore because it's grace and he's not holding my sins against me? But sometimes my actions miss the mark of my nature. And whereas God's not holding those sins against me. Absolutely. Yeah. He has forgiven we've them all. almost swung to the other side where we make it feel like you've sinned if you did give it. Right. Offer, that's, you know, yeah, like if you give, you can't do that. I've, I, I knew <laughs> or if you one go to guy, church somewhere, if you believe in a local church, exactly. oh, Lord, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I had one guy, he said, I, he went through a time, he said, I could hardly go. I felt uh, condemned by my own beliefs, not the Lord, <laughs> for going because I'm so free in grace, I shouldn't be able to go anymore. And I'm saying, find you somewhere to worship and get in with some people. Yeah. Is, is our local church fellowship structure perfect? Absolutely not. But my wife taught me something. My wife grew up on a farm. Her daddy was a farmer. And I learned something that she said, you know, when you take a seed and you put it in the ground, there's something around that seed, the husk. And you would say, well, the husk is inhibiting that seed from germinating and producing. So if you attack the husk or what you think is the problem, you really just destroy the whole thing. But if you will plant it in the right environment and you water it, what will happen is the life that is in that seed will displace the husk and find oh, its good. expression. Mm -hmm. And so what we need to do instead of abandoning what we call some husks and some things that um, just really aren't, maybe that's not Jesus, maybe that's religion, maybe that's legalism, and maybe it is. But instead of attacking the legalism and the religion and being known more, even in a grace community for everything we're against, yeah. let's hold forth Jesus. Yeah. Let's nurture the life in people. Get in an atmosphere with believers. You need fellowship with believers. And I've heard, I've had some that I've heard over the years, some pastors say, well, I've gotten to the point where there's just nobody that can minister to me. Nobody's really on my level to speak to me. And I think, I'm not sure if I want to listen to you or not, because mm -hmm. we all need each other. And what happens is when we nurture the life, it will displace the husk. It will displace all yeah. of those other things that maybe need to be removed. But let's let... Uh, the expression come through life, not just a blueprint. Yeah. I used to tell people, if you laid out a blueprint of something, you could build a model for it, and you could build a structure, and you can say, this is what it's going to look like when we're done. But the kingdom of God's not like that. I told somebody the best way you can describe that is take a seed and set it on the table. What's the kingdom of God like, that seed? What's it going to look like? You know what? If it's an acorn, it'll look like an oak tree. It's corn, it'll be corn. It's going to produce after its own kind. It's going to have the expression, it's going to look like Jesus, but I don't really know till we plant it and just see how the Holy Spirit flows. It doesn't mean we're not structured. It doesn't mean that we don't have organization. It's just in the context of life. Because at the heart of this, we're coming to a place, I believe, in the church, Lynn, and the body of Christ where we need, I've found out and I'm learning who I am in Christ and Consequently, I hope that leads us to this corporate aspect of finding out who we are in Christ mm -hmm. as a corporate body. But ultimately, it's to find the expression, I don't lose who I am or who we are as a corporate body, but who's Christ in me? Mm -hmm. That's the expression. And Paul stated it simply, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. And hope is a really neat word in the, in the New Testament. Because for us, sometimes I think we see hope as like flipping a penny in the fountain you ever done that? I've been out to the mall, and I sometimes I've wanted like to get one of those pretzels, you know, at the pretzel shop, and I thought, man, there's all that cash down there, but, but I, I can't leave that uh, there. But uh, I think it's just a wish. It's just a hope. It's just a flip it out there. But real genuine hope is an expectation. 
And I've heard some people even say in the New Testament, under grace, we no longer have, there's hopes, everything's fulfilled. There is no need for hope, so we shouldn't even talk about hope. Mm -hmm. Some people might say, well, if you're talking hope, I know you're Old Testament. But you know what? He's given me all things that pertain unto life and godliness, but can I honestly say, I have an expectation to experience that. That's it. And to see it manifest mm -hmm. and to see him show up. Manifest is a fancy word for having Jesus show up through us. Not smoke in the corner, not floating and glowing, but with love, compassion, forgiveness, his nature happening in us. And I believe that's what Christ in us does. And finding that expression, finding and seeing and beholding him. I've got a little story I tell, and, um, and this is powerful because I, I don't know how she'll feel. I'll give her name on, on air. There's a lady in our fellowship. We've got a, a great couple, Jim and Dina Eldred. But Dina shared something with me in the hallway heading out one day, and Dina is going out to a potential audience of millions. But it was so powerful what she shared, and I want people to realize what God's sharing in your heart sometimes in these little settings. Some of you may not ever have a national audience. You may not ever go out, but what it is is so Jesus can see who you are, and you can see who He is, I should say mm -hmm. more so, in the expression of this relationship. But here's what she shared, Lynn. We had been talking in the scriptures about where Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and seated on a throne, and that's a throne of grace too. And the, his train filled the temple. And I believe that speaks of the glory of the Lord, the goodness of God. And it said that the angels, they cried, holy, holy, holy. And I thought, man, that had to be, you know, for I guess eternity, they're just saying that. Don't you reckon they get tired? I mean, after a while, it's just kind of like, if that's our role, here we are as believers. Holy, holy. Everybody, come on, join in. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, we get tired after a while, don't we? But here's what she shared with me and I thought was so cool. She said, when you were sharing that, what I saw was, she said, I saw this picture of like a diamond and all of its facets. And it's as if when we look at the Lord, he's just like that, only he's not multifaceted. He's infinitely faceted. Mm -hmm. And when they see one facet, one aspect of the Lord, holy means it, we're not declaring that God just behaves. Yeah. We're declaring there's none other than, Lynn, there ain't nobody like Jesus. Yeah. There's nothing compares to him. This life is a blast. Yeah. Even when I'm having a tough day, even when I'm discouraged, or even when I'm, that is not the reality of it. The reality is it's still a blast. Lord, bring me back to that and to declare, holy God, there's none like you. It's like looking at that diamond and we say, holy, but then he turns and we see another aspect. And we say, holy he turns it again, Lynn. I'm going to stand up and run. Mm -hmm. He said, holy. Mm -hmm. Holy. Holy moly, look at that. Mm -hmm. My gosh, he's just bigger and big. We're seeing more of him. Is God growing bigger? No, but we're seeing him bigger. Yeah. We're seeing this life revealed because there's glory, the goodness of God, the fullness of God, a hope or an expectation of that glory in us. And when we're seeing that multifaceted God, we're just having our breath taken away, if you will. It captures us. Grace should still amaze us. We see that, and Paul makes this statement to Titus. He said, I'm looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of His glory. Well, when I think of that, I think, how can I disconnect that from what he said in Colossians? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. What he's saying is, I've set my affections on Jesus, mm -hmm. and I am looking to see the appearing the manifestation, the showing up of that glory that he has filled his temple with. 
We're full of the glory of God, the goodness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, all that He is. And he said that that would find an expression in the earth. Mm -hmm. And I think for us as believers to realize that he wants us to experience him in ways that we've never experienced him. And sometimes we get afraid. Sometimes we get discouraged. It's not wrong to have emotions. And I think for us as believers, even people who embrace grace and are embraced by grace and gripped by it or the finished work of Jesus Christ, we still have questions sometimes. There's still things I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I still have questions and wanderings. But when I get a glimpse of love, it takes all of that away. Fear seems to just dissipate. Mm -hmm. I remember Lynn as a kid, we used to take vacations down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina when I was a kid, my mom and dad, my brother, uh, John. And uh, John and I would like to get wrestled. We'd get up into the uh, motel there at the Cabana Terrace in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They had a big room up there. We'd get to wrestling and just tearing the room up. Mom would get us, get us to get quiet. But I remember that uh, motel had two swimming pools. And I used to love to swim. Only thing was, Lynn, I couldn't swim. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to swim. I called it swimming. And I'm going somewhere with this, but here's what I'd do. I'd get into the shallow end of the pool and I was afraid. You know what I was afraid of? I don't know if any of y'all out there have ever gone underwater and taken a deep breath. It didn't come out good. <laughs> we do not breathe well underwater. People said, just hold your breath. And I said, I can hold my breath, but there's a bunch of holes and water's going to go in them. So I'd get in the shallow end of that pool and I would grab the edge of the pool and I would just edge down the pool. I'd never go where it was over my head though, Lynn. And I'd edge back because I was afraid of the water. Mm -hmm. But something would happen, Lynn. My dad would get out in the pool, and he'd stand out in the water. It wasn't over his head, but it was over mine. And I would get out of the pool and get on the edge and go running and leap from the edge of the pool out into my daddy's arms. And I'd do it over and over again. And people would say, well, Dave, that's pretty cool. You finally overcame your fear of the water. I said, no, I didn't. Still terrified of the water. But I knew my daddy loved me, and I knew he wouldn't drop me. And perfect love cast out for you. Oh, that's good stuff there. It'll take away the apprehension of my heart. It takes away the fear of just waking up and living today, of the things that seem to surround me and hover over us. And seem to they seem to be calling the shots and dictating and saying, this is what life's going to look like because of this. You don't have this. You don't have that. You're required to give this or give that. Whatever it may be, whatever the demands or the expectations are, we get overwhelmed. What I need to simply see is my daddy is right in the midst of everything. And I don't have to be afraid, not because I overcame my fear, but because I trust love. And that's the nature and the manifestation, of I believe, of the showing up of who Christ is in our hearts first. And the realization that he can grip your hearts with such a love and such a compassion that it'll blow your mind. It'll, it'll just blow you away, but it'll settle your heart. It'll bring you to a real place of rest. And I know some of you, there's some people, they cry out for that and they go, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. I've tried to do this and I've tried to do that. But it's not based on us trying harder. It's not redoubling our efforts. Mm -hmm. It's coming to a place, I believe, of resting in faith and saying, Holy Spirit, can you open my eyes? Show me His glory. I believe He can open the temple. Yeah. He'll open the temple and it'll be naked and open before Him and us. And what we're going to see is the living temple that we are is already full of glory. It's already full of Jesus by the Spirit. It's full of compassion. It's full of mercy. It's full of grace. And I don't have to be afraid. 
I don't have to be trepidatious about what's going to come or what's going to happen or where life may be going. Because when it ultimately gets down to it, what Jesus is so passionate about is just wanting to have a relationship with me. Mm-hmm. What we shared in the first show that we had several weeks back, I just pray that your hearts won't be led astray from the simplicity of devotion to Christ. Eve was deceived in that way, but the simplicity, the single focus of this gospel in is Jesus. To, it's not just being able to, I love bragging on Jesus, and yep, I know you like yep. to brag on Jesus, that's what I call it. I'm not trying to make it just a redundant cliche, but to brag on Jesus is to boast in Him. But it's not just about what I get to boast or share about, because the fact is, in a few minutes, you know what, cameras will be turned off, and you know, a show will air and end, and we'll be about life. I'll go about things with my wife or my kids or our fellowship or other believers, and life goes. Life in this world will continue. I want to know a Jesus, Lynn. Year, years back, the Lord began to speak to me and say, Son, I work in the dirt. And I don't mean that to demean Jesus, but what you said earlier, I love what you said about the other show about him getting down and writing in the dirt. Mm-hmm. He signatured, he touched humanity mm-hmm. with his very nature. And a Jesus that's only real in the heavens, a Jesus that's only real on a Sunday morning while everybody's gathered and is shouting, he is real then. But if he's not real and relative to where we are. Years ago, Lynn, I had, I don't know what you'd call it, what I'm going to share probably took just a couple of seconds for me to see. But I remember waking up one morning, and I don't know if you've ever had those moments where you woke up, you kind of came to, but you hadn't opened your eyes. Mm -hmm. And I just saw this picture in my mind's eye. It took probably just a few seconds. And Lynn, what it was, was it looked like a big stage. And what it looked like was a circus or a carnival. I mean, literally, there were you know, trapeze artists and tightrope walkers and lion tamers and sword swallowers and clowns. And there was a, I saw a barker up there, you know, the old barker, step right up, come up, look at this, look at that. And all of this activity going on. And, you know, in my mind's eye, I just saw that. And then in a moment, it was all gone. And there was one standing on the stage who had been there all along. And I knew who it was. It was Jesus. Yes, sir. And as soon as I saw that, I just sensed this question rise up in my heart. I knew it was from the Lord. And he said, am I alone? Not enough. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't a condemning voice at all. And I thought, Lord, have we as the church, have we as individuals, have we cluttered the stage in our own minds, our own hearts with so much stuff? Sideshows. That we've lost sight of the one who is to occupy the stage alone. Yeah. And that's you. Mm-hmm. And I believe when we return and have our hearts return to that, I heard somebody say one time, said the Holy Spirit's bringing the focus back to Jesus. And I said, he never took it away from Jesus. Yeah. We're hearing him yeah. in a way that brings it back to the simplicity of the gospel and the goodness of grace and the mercy of God and to see that it's all about Jesus. And to hear a statement like that, we go, yep, that, I got that. That's good. I don't got that yet. I'm still seeing unfolded the magnitude of what it means to be all about Jesus. And when we see that, Lynn, we talked about glory. And I used to hear years ago, you know, people always said, God will not share his glory with another, right? Mm-hmm. Right. God's, he's not sharing his, God is not sharing his glory with another, and he's not. Mm-hmm. And yet it said, when Christ, who is your life, shall appear, you shall appear with him in glory. In glory. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, now, wait a minute. He said he's not sharing his glory with another. 
And yet it says, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, manifest. I don't believe that's way off in the future. I believe that's what's happening now. Right. We'll appear with Him in glory. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord said, Son, you're not another. We're one. Mm -hmm. And it's not that He's setting the attention, I believe, on us at all. In that sense, we're trying to steal His glory. He said, but I'm sharing my glory. You've been brought into this through a divine romance and marriage mm -hmm. to the Lamb of God. Are we made partakers of this divine nature and this life? And it changes everything. That's not for something way off in the future. That literally is, and you know, you talked about the book, I'm not for promoting things or anything, but it really is the experience of His life now. Mm -hmm. To begin to see, Jesus, how do you work? How are you relevant in the dirt, in the very expression of this life that we have right now, living out? Because some of you getting up in the morning, going to work, and you might hate your job. You might be looking over at somebody you're living with, and you go, you know, I'm tired of them. You might be dealing with a report you got that is tough to deal with from a doctor or a financial institute, whatever it may be. There's all kinds of things we can name them and they get or gather around us. But see Jesus. See your heavenly Father right in the midst of this life. And when I get a glimpse of Him and the magnitude of that love that only the Holy Spirit can reveal, the fact is fear cannot operate. It cannot be present in that setting. All fear is, is the absence of love, that unconditional love. Mm -hmm. I hope we see that. Yep. Hope we understand that. I hope that grips our heart in a way like we've never seen. Yep. And I hope we just keep, get more opportunities to brag on Jesus, to share His goodness, to share His glory, and to help encourage people in this journey. Because we, uh, you know, Scotty years ago, we talked about him earlier that he used to always say, he said, son, let me tell you something. He said, there are things in this journey that you can't even fathom or you can't even imagine. But don't you ever let some other man or woman's experience dictate to you what the gospel is. He said, I want you to set your heart and let the Holy Spirit set your heart on Jesus. You let him reveal to you this good news this reality of life in Christ, you let it grip your heart. And first and foremost, you let it live in you and then you declare it to everybody and every opportunity you get. But don't let yourself, your experience, or anyone else hold you back because, Lynn, I believe we're literally just seeing unfolded. We're not on the cusp of something that we just got to today. <laughs> this cusp opened up 2,000 years ago, but yep. we're seeing some things we've not seen before yes, of Him and the goodness to be able to experience to express and to share a life like we have never imagined before. And I believe it's exciting. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, that sure brings a whole another light even to that scripture that you were talking about, looking for the blessed hope yeah. and the glorious yep. appearing. Yes. That's not somewhere out in the future. I believe it's happening right now. That's an everyday reality. Yes. And then connect that thought with Colossians, when Christ, who is our life, shall, shall appear. appear. That's powerful because that takes it out of some event to a yeah. reality in our lives today. I believe so. And uh, man, you know what a what a what a powerful thing. I was thinking while you were saying about, you know, perfect love cast out fear. If perfect love cast out fear, then perfect fear also cast out love. And we've lived out of a realm of yeah. fear and 
Just such yeah. powerful examples. I love the I love the the example you gave of jumping out of the pool. Oh jumping yeah, jumping into the pool. It's not just that I was. I didn't lose the fear of the water. I just had a trust in my father. Yeah, my daddy doesn't drop me. He don't drop me. <laughs> you know, man, that ought to speak to somebody today. I believe when we daddy see that. Drop you. you know, I, I, I know we're getting close to running out of Take time, but time. I, I remember uh, reading the story, and I've shared this before, uh, probably in, in some settings we've been in, but of Jesus and the disciples in the boat. You know, they're going to the other side, and the storm arose, and he's asleep, and sometimes we feel like God's asleep in our mess. Mm-hmm. And they went and woke him up, and they said, Lord, don't you care that you know we're going to drown? And Jesus gets up and speaks to the wind and speaks peace, and everything gets calm, blows the boys away. Uh, and I'm thinking, these guys are panicked. Now, when Peter panicked, I'm panicking. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, maybe they're not fishermen, they're not out there. When Peter panicked, it's time to panic. Mm-hmm. But Jesus turned to them, and when he made that comment, where's your faith? And I thought a lot through the years and seen various things in that but I remember the day I saw this Lynn and it so struck me was what he said was I thought maybe they he criticized them because they didn't have faith he said let's go to the other side trust his word mm-hmm. or maybe they didn't have the faith to calm the storm themselves and I don't know if there's some truth in all of that but what struck me when I read that was my mind went directly to what they declared to him and he said where's your faith oh ye of little faith they went and woke him up and said don't you care Talk to the and I think to me, yeah. Lynn, when I hear that, you need to understand you don't have to ever wonder if he cares. It's not about having enough faith in our faith to hold on to him. It's not about having enough faith to get up and do what only he can do. It's about having the simplicity of faith to be convinced to know he cares for you. He loves you right in the midst of what you're going through. You are not abandoned. You are not forsaken. You have not been left up to your your own devices and your own ways out. I believe that the Lord wants you to know you can always trust His love for you. He cares for you. So when I see that, it took everything away. Matter of fact, when I saw that, uh, the day I saw that, I thought, I'm going to share this with our fellowship. This will be good. I got a letter that afternoon. And it seemed to really shook, it shook me because it was something that looked like, we, I told my wife, I said, we can't handle this and we can't deal with this. See, that's when the water started splashing, not in your boat, somebody else's, it was in my boat. Yeah. And you know, immediately the Lord said, son, you don't have to question if I care or I love you. He's got this. And he took care of that need, the fact is, and he takes care of all of those things. So it's really learning to just trust love. Trust his heart. Yep. Trust who he is. And he'll express that. He'll make all the other stuff happen. Just know he really does. He's mad about you. Yep. He loves you. Yep. I can't help but think about That's the scripture that says, casting all, all your care, care on him. That's good. For he cares for you. Well, if you hadn't heard nothing else today, I, what a word to say. If you could speak to this many people, yes. what would you say to them? He cares. Yes. He cares about you. No matter what you're going through, if you just reach out to him, he's there. And um, he cares. He'll catch you when you think you're going to sink. Yeah. He's like a good <laughs> father. I love, the, I love that, 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 that picture. I trust you've been blessed by this series of programs Amen. with Pastor Hughes. And if you'd like to uh, get behind what we're doing and help us Amen. with a seat into the ministry, then call the number on the screen or go to our website. And there is a, uh, 
uh, a way, of course, there to give via credit card. You can also send a check or money order to the address that's on the screen. Uh, please tell your friends about us and join in every week at the same time. And I believe you'll be blessed by the Amen. gospel that's preached Amen. through this ministry. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. The word repentance means to change your mind. The message of John the Baptist and of Jesus was to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is accessed by a change in our thinking. If you are in outer darkness, there is weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. That reality is not always out in the distant future. It is in people's lives right now. One simple mind shift can move you out of darkness and weeping and into light and rejoicing. God wants to wipe all tears from our eyes and replace our weeping with joy.